Hey everyone, when I first came out, I'm going to let you into a secret. I actually only told my sister. And then, because I'm such a coward, whenever I needed to come out to someone else, I just made her do it. It's so hard to come out. It can be so difficult to even come to terms with who we are ourselves, let alone share that news with others. But once we do, we find freedom, love, and community. We're all waiting for you on the other side of the closet, babe. We're here. And if you fancy coming out this summer, we can help. Get in touch with us right now. Email us at gaynongay.com. We've got loads of advice on how to do it. And we're also hoping to share some super inspiring stories from some of our listeners. So if you're listening to this and you've got a more exciting, compelling coming out story than I have, please get in touch and tell us how you did it. What happened? What was the reaction? And how great do you feel now? Please email us at gainongay.com or you can DM Dan and I on Instagram. We're at gainongay. Love you. Coming up, there's reasons why we've not talked about it and it's not come up and that you've managed to do everything you've done and like move this podcast forward and move yourself forward. It just shows huge integrity and power (laughs) and strength. So I think you're an amazing man, Dan. Okay, now now I'm going to cry. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple. Are we going to talk about the elephant in the room or or do you not want to talk about that? What's that? This isn't necessarily on air, up to you. What has recently happened? What's that? In your life? Why are you making it so difficult? Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. Well, you've had some lovely messages about it, and I just wondered if you wanted to talk about it. I guess I don't mind talking about it, but it's, you're going to be like, oh, why are you not crying or whatever? I'm really not. Oh, God, I'm not. Um, so my mum died, which uh, is, 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 is sad, obviously. Um, what do you want to know? I just want, I just want you, to, you to be able to talk about it if you wanted to. I, um, I know our listeners will want to know how you're doing. Well, I'm fine. I mean, I'm fielding like a million messages from people telling me that I'm not. Um, <laughs> but it's funny when people say there's a Kirby enthusiasm sketch that's hilarious. David says to someone, if there's anything I can do, and that person gives them something they can do. You know, if there's anything I can do. There is something you can do. What? Yeah. You can come over today at one o'clock and visit with her. Visit her? Yeah. What are you kidding? Why, you didn't mean it? Of course not. Now, what people can do and what I've been saying to people is, yes, you can give me some money because I am running the Shakespeare Marathon and amazingly, I've raised over £2,000 pretty much in two days. I do feel like slightly fraudulent in the sense that people are like putting their relationships with their parents onto me and like putting how they would or have felt and assuming that I automatically feel the same way. Right. And that I'm having like a totally nightmarish time which isn't really true so i do feel slightly fraudulent in that respect however if it's going to get Marie Curie money what do you mean you feel fraudulent it's obviously sad and it's awful but it's been on the cards for three years i've been pre-grieving that whole time pretty much it's better in many ways that she's gone rather than being suffering in pain so i'm totally fine however i did wait until mother's day 
to post on Instagram. I'm saying my mum's dead. Anyway, you all need to give me money because I'm running this marathon. I think the exact wording was happy Mother's Day. Unfortunately, mine has died. I wouldn't have posted that if I wasn't raising money because I do think it's it's manipulative. Listen, you're doing something amazing. This is your time, but you're not manipulating or exploiting anybody. You're raising money for a good cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're using interesting words, but I don't think what you're doing is fraudulent, manipulative. Well, it feels a little bit. I think it is, but it doesn't matter because I'm, the aim isn't to get me money. That's what I mean, yeah. So it doesn't Like work- if you were saying, my mum died, please donate to our patron, I'd be questioning yeah, that, your mental yeah, health. That's that. <laughs> but it's not, it's not exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to avoid, basically. It's not the same thing. And they were good to your mum? Mary yeah, Curie. yeah, yeah, they're um, unbelievable. Couldn't bear to work in that kind of environment. You meet people as they're dying, and then you're on to the next one. A gay and a non-gay. Dan shared a message that he'd received from a listener of ours called Adam in our WhatsApp group, and it said, I can't imagine what it must have been like to carry on being funny when you had so much going on. I'm sorry to hear about your mum and wanted to send my love. And... um I just suppose I wanted to sort of add to that, really, because, yeah, you've been going through this for three years behind the scenes. There's reasons why we've not talked about it and it's not come up. And I just I think that's amazing that you've managed to do everything you've done and like move this podcast forward and move yourself forward whilst dealing with that as well. It just shows huge integrity and power (laughs) and strength. So I think you're an amazing man, Dan. Okay, now, I, now I'm going to cry. But that's not true, though, is it? Because what, what am I... It is true. It's not, because I remember vividly where I was when I got that news. And we were together because we just had a meeting about what was our first thing for Radio 1, which ended up being our Life Hacks collaboration. And we went to the coffee shop in Golden Square, which I can't think what it's called, but you know the one I mean. Nordic Bakery. Nordic Bakery, big up to them. I don't think it's there anymore. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Another loss. From <laughs> another, the, loss. another pandemic loss. <laughs> yeah. And then my dad phoned me and he was like, left a voicemail. I was like, can you call me back? And I knew it was something either to do with him, my mum or my brother. And then he was like, oh, your mother hasn't got, your mother's had this bad news. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, well, that's going to be imminent. And it ended up not being imminent. And it was, when was that? December 2018, I think. We ended up doing that project in early 2019 around this time three years ago so for over three years i thought well i didn't think it was imminent but for over three years i felt that at some point it would become imminent and it just has but it predates the whole pandemic (laughs) by well over a year anyway you've got two choices you can either as she would attest to you you can either just give up or you can just carry on basically (laughs) That's what we do, isn't it? In that three-year period, this podcast has gone from strength to strength. We've done so much stuff. That really one thing was probably the first big thing that led to uh, a documentary that we made not long after afterwards. And then we made another documentary after that. And we've done runs in Edinburgh. And so what was I going to do? Not do that and just sit around and be like, oh, my mum's died. When she wasn't doing that, she was going to work. A gay and a non-gay. Somebody came up to me at work in front of about eight people and said, is your mum okay? Because I had to cancel some work. And I was like, no, she's dead. Oh, my God. And then what happened? What am I going to say? Um, what happened? He was like, I'm really, really sorry. Oh, my God. Did other people in the office hear that? Yeah, I think everyone sort of pretended that 
that, that, oh, that they is, hadn't heard it. That is, but just, it's fine. Like it's fine, isn't it? Like what no, are you supposed? Just, no, it's you, it's hysterical. You can't be on eggshells all the time, can you? Obviously, that person's like, "Why are you here?" and not like sitting around mourning or whatever. But like everyone has to do what they've got to do. Got got shit to do. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what you're doing is probably what I I, I think it's what a lot of people would do. Every time we've done something like that, I have thought, I hope this happens before my mum dies in all of those things. So be it the first Radio 1 thing that we did, the Run in Edinburgh, the first radio documentary from Gate and Gay, and our most recent one in particular, I was really, really worried that that wouldn't come out before she died. That makes so much sense. Because I'm in- enormously proud of that. That might end up being the most important thing I've ever done in my life. And I was incredibly happy that that came out. She wasn't able to get out of bed to come to the screening that i did in birmingham however i mean she hated going to birmingham anyway so who knows whether she would have turned up but i was so pleased that that came out and i was quite worried especially when we kept pushing that back and pushing that back that it wasn't going to come out and then this week we're about to announce something by the time i told my mum about it it was too late it's quite hard and you're trying to explain to someone who's high on drugs and got cancer all over their brain they don't understand do they so that that was quite traumatic I guess the headline is, I'm so pleased that we managed to do what we've done in the time that she's still been around to see it. I've got absolutely no idea how this is going to feel, and I'm going to have to go through it. And we all are. Every single person listening to this, I imagine, is going to go through this or something similar to it. But I I do recognize that feeling of being fraudulent in grief. When my nan passed, I hadn't spoken to her properly for maybe five years, and I felt like I didn't deserve any of the love people were sending me because I hadn't been looking after my nan. And it just happens out of nowhere, doesn't it? You just don't realize how little time we actually have with these people. And we don't respect sometimes, this is me, not you, but we don't always respect our elders and um, and the people that have given us so much. And I, I just think, I don't think it will ever feel like enough to be honest, I don't think we'll ever, I don't think I will ever feel like I've done enough. So I wonder if that's where that fraudulent feeling comes from, but you're not fraudulent, Dan. And so I'm just telling you that as a friend, you have done everything you can and your mother clearly adored you and is so proud of everything that you've achieved. And I'm sort of getting (laughs) upset as well. And I tell you why I'm getting upset. And it's like, I've not met your mom, but when we started this podcast, it was really important to me that your mum liked it because I've experienced so much homophobia in my life that because I was working with you, a straight guy, I was like, oh my God, what do your parents think of you being on this gay podcast and like standing in pride parades when you're a straight man? And then so to hear that your mum was a fan and was proud of what you were doing in this podcast, that meant a lot to me. It meant a lot. It almost validated how I felt about this project as well so um yeah i'm not sure what i'm saying but i just i'm just with you and i've said this to you off air and i said it to you on air as well but i do really love you and i'm so <laughs> happy you're in my life i'm so proud of you and um and yeah like it's gonna be okay <laughs> I didn't tell my mum about this podcast because I, I knew what her reaction would be, which is like, 
why you're not at work. But you are now. Well, to some extent. And also, I thought she would think that it wasn't funny or clever or whatever. Any of the But actually, that's not what happened when and she found out. Yeah, about it, right? she was very proud of it. And um, I don't She's think she would have thought you. it was very funny when someone... In fact, she texted me saying, did did that porn woman wave a fake willy in Vanessa Phelps' face? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're at. So, please donate to Dan. He's raising money for Marie Curie in Birmingham. And uh, it would mean a lot to both of us. Yes. The link is in our episode description and on our Instagram. You can't miss it. It's on our Instagram. Yeah. It's on our Twitter. Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm regularly posting. As soon as it starts to plateau, I'm posting again. <laughs> Great. I think that's what you should be doing. How's Talia been? Talia came over for you to support. Yeah. So it's lol. Talia flew over. So I've been in Sutter Hole. Well, I still am there. I'm sort of coming in and out of London this week, four times a week. Lol. Anyway, she came over and then she got COVID. Uh, oh god so she's been living in my flat in london she only had it in december i know yeah she's got it again what so have you seen her yeah yeah before she got covid so potentially when she got it i I was thinking oh my god i'm gonna get it i'm so pleased you didn't because i don't the logistics of a funeral would mean not being there let alone the emotional side of not being able to go to that she didn't want one but it's happening anyway lol (laughs) Right. She didn't want a eulogy or, or anything. So I am doing what's closer to a bloody Edinburgh stand-up show than it is a... a <laughs> right. Uh, than it is a eulogy. Because like, you've got to do something, haven't you? Yeah. I may as well stand there and crack jokes. Do you want to read any of them? No, it's all right. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go down that well. but I, I, think, I think it will. It doesn't really matter, does it? Well, it's not unlike your stand-up shows. There's not going to be like agents or anything there. It's people I won't ever see again. Well, look, so, stand-ups um, like, who thrive. Is this, who is this guy who's just come over and do, <laughs> thinks, thinks this is Mott the Week? <laughs> I mean, comedians thrive in tension, and there's a lot of tension at funerals. So I feel like if you can release that or do anything to help people with that grief, that's a good thing. So that sounds like a nice way to play it. I did my Nan's eulogy, and oh, really? I made everyone laugh, yeah. But then I started crying. Well, um, yeah, I'm quite worried about that. And not being able to get through that part of it. You will. But, well, yeah, I guess you have to. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that was the most difficult thing Nobody I've ever done. Nobody else is going to bloody do it, are they? So, I guess if I did get COVID in the next two days or something, which is possible, somebody else would have to read it. Just don't make any offensive jokes, because otherwise Will Smith might get up and punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, watching, what, literally watching someone die is not the, the most fun I've ever had. But it's not. it wasn't actually anywhere near as bad. It wasn't anywhere near as bad as I thought it might be. I was trying to play A Mother's Love by Diana Ross on my phone in like the last moments, but I couldn't find it because it's not on Spotify. So I ended up playing a nursery rhyme or something by accident. <laughs> by the time I'd done that, she'd basically gone. Oh, um, Dan. I think you've said some amazing things there, Dan. Thanks. I thanks didn't know if much. you even wanted to talk about it really, but I just wanted you to have the space to if you did. Okay, well, thank you. How's your mum? That's not a joke. That's not a joke. (laughs) My mum's okay. Why am I? I'm not talking about myself. Don't ask me to. Don't ask me how my mum is. She's fine. Support a gay and non-gay. Subscribe to our Patreon for new ad-free episodes. Visit gaynongay.com/slash/donate.